Welcome to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, your go-to source for straight-up business advice. Welcome to the podcast, Jess from Collabosaurus. Long time no see. I know. Thanks for having me. It's been a while. Jess and I were just reminiscing on how we started down our memory lane. <laughs> Back in the day, when was that? 2014? 2014. Yeah, it was. It was 2014. I think I, like I started building in 2014. I launched in April 2015. Right. Yeah. That's yes. when we connected on Instagram. But before we get into our fun little meeting date, yes. tell me what Collabosaurus is, what you do and how it works. Yes. So Collabosaurus is a marketing platform that connects brands for clever marketing collaboration. So if you've seen things like Spotify and Uber or Shandon and Seafolly teaming up on like a limited edition bottle of sparkling wine, uh, basically Collabosaurus is a dating site for businesses to find really cool partnerships like that and use them to grow their business. The Tinder for business. The Tinder for business, <laughs> except, you know, <laughs> way better, way better conversation. <laughs> All right, so Clavosaurus mating, dating, not mating, <laughs> dating. I mean, kind of mating. Yeah, sure. You know, lifelong partnerships. Yeah. When did you start? So you started um, back in about 2014. Where did the idea come from? Let's give mm-hmm. everyone a quick rundown. Uh, so I was working in fashion and lifestyle PR um, initially, and I had to pull together media launch events for fashion clients all the time. Mm-hmm. And that meant finding things like catering partners and venue partners and goodie bag inclusions and all this kind of stuff. And I had no network at the time. Um, We had no additional budget to do it. It was basically reaching out to a ton of people and being Mm. like, let's collaborate. And it was just such a scramble and a headache. And I think at the time there was a real bad vibe around free stuff. Mm. It was like, where can we get 400 units of free coconut water? And it wasn't actually leveraging partnerships because when they're done right they can be incredible Mm. so I kind of experienced that and was a bit annoyed and then I worked in a job doing small business marketing education Mm -hmm. and found that small businesses kind of we were training them on like you should be doing partnerships and so many of them weren't doing it because they'd been taken advantage of in the past or they were sending pitch emails out that were terrible and they weren't getting any responses or they just didn't really know where to start or who to partner with or how to even leverage a thing. So Tinder was actually becoming popular at the time. And I thought, you know, this platform is so cool. Why can't we do this for brand collaboration? So that's how the idea came about. Mm. And it was probably about eight months between idea to like the launch of our MVP in Mm. April 2015. Minimal viable product for those at home. Yes. Yeah, and I guess that's like why I asked that question and I kind of knew the answer, but I wanted you to say it, um, <laughs> is that that's a really good um, way for people to, when they're thinking about the idea that they want to roll with or what business they're doing or, you know, what they are actually trying to build, it's like where is the gap in the market and where's the actual pain point? Mm-hmm. And I like I even think back to when, you know, I was starting my business in 2014 and it was, you know, collaboration wasn't really a buzzword then like it definitely is now but there was no return on investment so I think that it was fluffy it was like hey we need this and you know maybe promise the world maybe do or don't and nowadays it's like 
people are really strict about who they collaborate with and they're getting more savvy with it too. So what am I actually getting? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Collabosaurus does well is that you're actually cleaning up the industry a little (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, we have an algorithm that matchmakes brands based on their ability to actually help each other. And by the time you connect, you know what each other is offering and what the other one's looking for. So it kind of you know, it puts it in writing. It solidifies that there's win-win value in it for both brands. So important. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that why I wanted to have you on the podcast is because I've, I've found myself giving that advice over and over lately around when people say how to grow your business or how to have success. Like there, the first thing that comes to mind to me is collaboration and leverage, you know, great. <laughs> I am your walking marketing girl. Thanks, girl. But I guess why you're the person to talk to about this is because you are a woman of your word and you, you're building a platform that you, like, and I've seen you on Instagram, you know, really highlight great collaborations, but you're not afraid to also say, this is how not to do it. Yeah. And call out bullshit on shit oh, yeah. collaborations. And when I look back over how we met and how we built our businesses from, you know, I think, you know, I think probably I had a couple of thousand followers when we met. And now both of us are into the tens of thousands. But you and I, and there was a few others in the game as well, we kind of, and like I often also think about this with um, when everyone says like, oh, there's no women in business. I was like, we were only surrounded by women in business. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we, there was a team of us who joined together without competition or petty dumb shit and went right you're doing this you're talking to the target market that I'm talking Mm to we're all offering different services how can we build each other's brands and businesses and grow together totally and you know what I think is really important to mention with that is that like we are all four five years on now from when we all first met and you know when we all first met we were all a super small business super startup yeah and so it's kind of like What's that saying where it's just like, you know, you've got to be like nice to everyone Mm. because, you know, they'll grow up too. (laughs) Remember all of this. It's just like, you know, looking at everyone now and how far all of us have come as just a group of women who had started businesses in different fields and all this kind of stuff at the time. And collaboration has been such a huge part of how we've all been able to help each other grow along the way. Oh, it's just so important. And I just think don't discount those smaller collaborations Mm. and those like initial relationships and stuff that you make in business, like surround, you know, they say, you know, find your tribe and surround yourself with people. Like that's no word of a lie. So exactly what you need to be doing. And you don't, it's so true because you don't need to be going and getting the big guns. Like, you know, don't start out looking for the big guns. When we started, no one would have taken us seriously. You know, like some of the brands we're now working. And you need practice as well. You need practice and you need to test stuff out and figure out what works and what Mm. doesn't. So that when you go to the big guns, you can be like, I collaborated with Startup Creative and we did this together (laughs) and it was successful because of X, Y, Z. They'll take you so much more seriously. Absolutely. And I think there's there's also like the soft skills that come from it as well in terms of like, you know, I've called you before and been like, I've got to talk tomorrow. Can you, (laughs) can I run this through you and see if it's landing and makes any sense? Yes, yes. And we've done every time we've been in the same city, we're like, great, let's do a live video. Yeah, totally. Um, So there's always different ways that you're looking out for it. So it's, you know, I think if you, those of you who are listening and going, oh, I don't have a tribe around me, 
like find people a that you get along with (laughs) and you have a similar vibe like I was just like Jess I'm gonna give you where to shop in Melbourne while (laughs) you know like that's what you want in a collaborator as well yeah I'm trying to think actually back to how we first met do you remember it was Instagram it was it was 100% Instagram so Jess and I were just saying back in the day when we started our grams there was no algorithms. No. Hashtags were maybe put a few on there. You weren't that strategic. But hashtags were like a full strategy for you and I. Yeah, we were onto it. So yeah. And then you, well, what we were both saying is that we would find hashtags that people in our target market were engaging with those photos. So mm-hmm. if you clicked on startup, then you would find anyone using that hashtag yeah. without all of the spam and shit that's now mm-hmm. on Instagram. And you would go and I would go and find it, find what brands are using this hashtag. I would go and follow their followers. I would yeah. ing- like their followers' photos. I would, if, I would write on people's posts. I'd spend like two hours a day. That's how we grew engaging it. on Instagram, and that really is the strategy that being worked a back real then. person. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. And I, I mean, I still think that strategy yeah. can work, but it's just like. You have to be at, like proactively using Instagram yeah. rather than passively sitting back. Like you yeah. need to be really going out there and engaging. But unfortunately, like we were talking about before, it doesn't have the same cut through that it had years yeah. ago. There's a lot. I mean, somebody described it to me recently. It's like a real estate market. There's only so much attention that the human mind can give to content. Yes. And we're running out of space. There's millions of pieces of content being delivered and thrown at us, Mm -hmm. you know, every hour. Mm -hmm. So the reality of Instagram now is that there's no real estate left, you know, and you only get the good real estate if you pay for it. Yeah. Or you've already got the million followers. Or you collaborate. collaborate. (laughs) Because, I mean, I think the one of the ways you can really get attention, you know, aside from creating good content, being, you know, adding value and all this kind of stuff. And actually from a reach perspective, Mm -hmm. let's say, you know, you've got your community of a thousand followers who are diehard Kayleen fans and we collaborate on a webinar, for example. If you're all of a sudden saying, I'm collaborating with Jess from Collabosaurus for a webinar, mm. your thousand followers immediately trust me more than they would trust an ad mm. because it's coming from you, yeah. a voice that they already trust, you yeah. know, a brand that they already trust. Which is good old-fashioned human behavior. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Using an instinct, you know, yeah. and taking a word of advice from somebody that has proven themselves, mm-hmm. you know. And so many, like, human behavior stuff I find so fascinating. Yeah. I actually just had a meeting um, with a mentor client and we ran through, they'd sent out a whole lot of sponsorship pictures. Mm. Like they really wanted someone to sponsor their event, Mm. you know, cash sponsorship. They'd reached out to over a hundred people and got Mm. nothing back. And I was like, wow, Mm. what are you sending out? Mm. Send me your email. And it was classic case of like they hadn't considered what it would feel like from the other end Mm. as a cold receiver of this email who'd never heard of them before, this full-on, hi there, generic, copied and pasted, this is who we are, this is why we love what we do, this is what we're doing, and this is why we'd love $10,000 from you with no actual value to Mm. them. And it's kind of just like you got to look back at the human behavior. It's like, are you sending them a compliment? Mm. Are you actually showing that you've paid attention and personalizing mm. that email a bit? And I could yeah. go on forever about that. But, oh, my God, 
Yes. Human psychology is fascinating. Yeah. And I think people underestimate, like, you know, we definitely are in this world of clicking Mm -hmm. and, you know, good photo shoots and things that get attention, but having a human behind a brand who's going to sign off their name or like anytime I get a coaching inquiry, like my opening line is I've like most of the time they're like, here's my business or here's where I'm at. And I'll respond to that on a personal level, whether it's like, I've just looked at your Instagram or this looks cool or, yeah. you know, yeah. um, you're from this part of the world. Great. I've been there or my sister lives in that, you know, like yeah. show that you're actually a oh, real person. There was a DM that came to me the other day. It was so beautiful. Um, This lady who had listened to the podcast, I think, and wrote this massive message just being like, I love your podcast, blah, blah, blah. And I went to her page and found her actual name, not just her business name. Mm-hmm. And this was a couple of weeks ago. I think it was Poppy or Polly. Mm-hmm. And I replied and I was like, hey, Polly, like, thank you so much for saying that story. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you took the time to mm-hmm. find out my name. And I was just like, well, of, of course, like, yeah. that's just basic. Yeah. Like, just yeah. show some respect, you know. There is nothing <laughs> like, better than a brand. Even I feel this. There is nothing better than a brand responding to you. Yes. Like, if you've complimented them, you've given feedback. I can't stand seeing, if I am like going to follow a new account, I look at their comments to make sure they've responded to at least some of the comments that they're getting because nothing annoys me more than if a brand's just posting stuff out and never communicating back. I was just looking at um, a brand on, a fashion brand on Instagram this afternoon and their whole feed, all their comments were like, love this, like this and like, I was like, these are fake comments. Like they definitely have something going on to create like traffic. Fake engagement. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, if you're doing that to your brand, then something's going on. You know, you're trying to prove something that Mm -hmm. you're you're missing the point. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so we... We met on Instagram. We instantly started teaming up. We you're in the <laughs> magazine. We did an event together. We're constantly doing live videos. On on personalization, you sent me a copy of the magazine with a gorgeous yeah. handwritten note. Ah, I remember nice. that. <laughs> what a lovely thing I did. <laughs> it makes such a difference. I still handwrite all my notes yeah. to every magazine that goes out. Oh my gosh, so beautiful. People love it. I think yeah. it's such an easy thing to do. It is. And the return on investment, like, yeah, you want to grow an Instagram following. If someone gets a personalized handwritten note signed by you that you've said something funny or kind or like I always say thank you for the support you know like yeah. I am still a business yeah. that I'm running totally. like we do a happy dance when I we really, see a purchase come really through I appreciate you actually buying this very hard work that totally. I do <laughs> so and then that people can Instagram that because it yes. shocks them yes and then that's you know that's getting growing and getting that reputation but yeah, so I guess like maybe just while we're on the topic of Instagram and those who are feeling that we're being very doom and gloom about it, um, what <laughs> would hard. what would your advice be for somebody starting an Instagram now? And yeah, whether that's Instagram or other platforms, or what's your what's your? I mind? would Jess first for those of, all, of you at home. Jess is always on a trend. Like follow her on Instagram. <laughs> There's nothing that happens online that she doesn't know about. However, I tried TikTok for a few weeks, couldn't stand it. So I'm like, I'm not really on top of that trend at the moment. But most other things I will absolutely give a crack. I remember giving Snapchat a good solid six-month crack from a Calabasaurus perspective to pretty much no avail. (laughs) It's worth hopping on trend bandwagons because, I mean, even 
within Instagram. When Instagram release a new feature, they prioritize content created within that feature. So if you're like, you know, Instagram Live just came out, let's say, and if you're hesitating to try Instagram Live for six months before you give it a go, you've missed out on such an opportunity to tap Mm -hmm. into all of that community that are already following you and then some. So I think, you know, features and platforms are definitely worth giving a try. And it's one of the reasons why we had success on Instagram four or five years ago Mm. when businesses weren't using Instagram very well Mm. at all. It was all for individuals. It wasn't for businesses. So I think it worked for us because we were on that early wave of that trend and we were really Mm. able to capitalize on the growth of that. And we were saying too, like we made an effort to be personal on it, but mm-hmm. to make it look beautiful as yeah. well. And not everyone was totally. Doing, like, there was a lot of blurry images on Instagram when I oh started. Oh gosh, yeah. So many people. And like the filters were <laughs> oh, awful. They were, <laughs> they were all I'm just thinking of like the dark borders and like oh, no. sapia like situation <laughs> that was instagram and so when collabosaurus launched we had a real fashion focus and i remember being like oh fashion and beauty and all that kind of stuff and it was like oh wow you know like for a software company really to be behaving like that was yeah. um i think got us some cut through but also like the hustle mm. we spent two hours a day ish mm. hustling connections basically but my advice to someone starting out now would be definitely take advantage of trends in terms of features and new platforms so tiktok pinterest all of those kinds of ones totally and podcast channels and stuff like that like you know we're kind of coming off a wave of podcasts now but there's going to be something else you know Mm. and take advantage of it the other thing i would say is Social media should be a support to real life. Mm. It's not real life and you need to be putting yourself out there still. Mm. And like what you said with leverage, Mm. if social media is going to be a massive focus for you and your business, how are you leveraging that outside of social media? So on your business card, do you have a call to action to follow follow you on social media? Mm. In your like orders and online stuff, you know, Mm. are you sending packages out that have instructions as to where and how to follow you Mm. are you doing advertising in that way you know all that kind of stuff on particular channels so I think don't forget that it's not the be all end all and that real human connection wins always and um, that's the best way to grow a following yeah I often say to people like having those seven touch points you know of like where do you go where social media is one way for people to find you and if you're going to sit in your lounge room and say what do I posted on Instagram and I've got a Facebook ad going like (laughs) Why aren't I making sales? It's like, no, that's like one aspect. I remember the seven times theory is so interesting and is absolutely true. And you can't even limit those seven touch points to one platform either. It has to be multiple platform. But there was a study that came out, I think, for 2019 that has risen now because everything's oversaturated and like we're seeing more and more marketing messages than ever. It's actually 28 times plus. Now. So somebody needs to see the same piece of content or at least your name. Your name. So to establish recognition, times. build trust, oh. and then make a purchasing decision. That takes 28 points of contact, apparently. Holy shit. Yeah. No, I would say that. Like the number of things I have like in my save to buy one day yeah. things, it's like, yeah. You know something that that's actually happened to me with is Modi Body. I was really aware mm. of like flipping flipping it a bit and watching my own behavior as yeah. a consumer in relation to the Modi Body brand, which I love. Yeah. I was aware of Modi Body over the course of about two years before I made a purchasing decision. Yeah. 
and now I'm a brand fan. But it's like it took two years. It took a bus advert, (laughs) social media advertising, influencer marketing that I saw. It's all like they actually um, were a network connection through someone who kept mentioning them. Yeah. They signed up to Collabosaurus, you know, like all yeah. of these things working together, plus their organic content, yeah. plus other word of mouth and other people talking about it. Plus, I think she was interviewed on a podcast. That's yeah. right. I listened to stuff. That's a really um, good point in, around constantly reminding people to buy from you as well, because mm-hmm. in amongst the chaos of content that we're absorbing, people sometimes like, what am I buying? You know, so it's yeah. like. And I know that people, especially starting out, like I, I even remember feeling this, like, yo, I don't want to be too salesy. Yeah. But the reality is our minds are growing crazy. We need to be told what to do. Yeah. Like, hey, sign up here or do yeah. this or use this code or click link in bio. So yeah. Know that you need, to, you need to use a directive. Yeah. Yeah. Give, give people direction and tell them what to do next in your brand. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So Instagram, I think. A thing I will just chuck in there, and I think you do this really well, is is like Instagram, if you are going to, and we'll jump into how to do this more, if you are going to pitch for collaborations or try and get a brand's attention, DMs definitely work. And if like I personally still like getting my initial contact through Instagram and then I'll move it to email Mm -hmm. because what I find, and let me know what you think on this, is that if I say, hey, guys, and I can get their attention and I can get them to open it or see it, or if they, I post and tag them and then they, they've seen my story tag, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden I'm in their normal DM. So I hit it straight away, but then they can click straight to my Instagram and get a mood board mm-hmm. of my vibe instantly. So if you making sure you've got up to date content that clearly outlines what you do, your bio is on point. There's a working link in your, in your bio. Yeah. It's like that's almost a business card these days. And within mm-hmm. three seconds, Whoever taps through that says, I understand what you do. It's a cool vibe and, you know, it's clear to me how this is going to work or why you would be of interest. Yeah, absolutely. That's really, really important. And DMs are so powerful. Yeah. There was, I remember there was a really great talk. Now I can't remember who it was. They were talking about how like the future is private, like the future is in private messaging Mm. and one-on-one conversations like within these big mass platforms which I found really interesting. And I mean, the amount of friends I've made through Mm. Instagram and it's all because of that DM feature Mm. is insane. And Mm. yeah, like, I mean, having up to date, having an, like an Instagram account, I use Instagram as a search console. Mm. If I can't find your business on Instagram, I'm immediately like, meh, it's not worth. Yeah. (laughs) It's so true. It's like, it's amazing. Totally. (laughs) Totally. And because you can save things and come back to it as How well. How good is save feature? I don't think enough it. people are using that save feature well enough. I've got full boards. I've got yeah. supplier boards. I've got posts to repost board. I've got yeah. collaboration inspiration. I've got event suppliers. Yeah. Like, it's so great. We obviously so, so spend good. way too much time on it. Clearly, I was saying that before. I was like, my screen time is way up at the moment. I turned off that reminder. I was like, I don't need to know. <laughs> I still I'm, get every day. Every day yeah. it goes, you spent 25 minutes on Instagram. I'm like, really? Wow. And then I spent another three hours. <laughs> Clear timer. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> since we last caught up, yes. I think it was a, a couple of years ago now, 
but you've been on quite the journey. Yeah. So obviously, Clabosaurus is at the end of the day a tech startup. It is, and you know, very different to startup creative that is very human and creative based. You have to go and put yourself in the world of tech mm-hmm. <laughs> which often scares me and made me turn even more towards the yeah. creatives in this <laughs> space um but tell us what that's what that journey's been like because i think there's a few things in here that i'd love to break open which is being a woman in this space uh-huh. we're going there uh-huh. um raising capital yeah and then um just how fucking hard the journey's been <laughs> it's been really fucking hard i'm not going to lie People look at these tech startups and go wow look at yeah. that and i think what you're about to share is a real nice fucking i'm sorry you had to experience it <laughs> um but a good reality check of what's going on behind the brand Yes. Well, how would you like me to start? So <laughs> you decided to take collabor in order to take Collabosaurus to the next level. You yes. need it. You decided investment. Yes, would be the next logical step. Mm-hmm. What'd you do? <laughs> so I spent much of 2018, pretty much the whole year of 2018, mm-hmm. trying to raise capital. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think anyone looking to raise capital for a startup, you see the highlight reel, just like everyone else does on. So tech capital stars. is different just for those at home who might be thinking about some of this stuff. Um, capital is different to seed investment or same. No, it's the same. You're doing seed capital round. is just like another word for money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like seed investment basically indicates um early stage investment. Yeah. So typically there's a journey of seed investment which mm-hmm. happens usually in the first couple like one to two years of business sometimes at idea stage. Yeah. Then there's series A investment yeah. which is like you're pretty damn established and have a fair bit of traction. That's usually a bit like the $2 million to $5 million mm. raise mark. And then there's Series B, Series C, and onwards, yep. which the huge, so huge what companies were you raising? Too. I was raising a seed round. Okay. I was two and a half years in, I think, yep. into the business. But, you know, we'd iterated a fair bit. We were mm. still really early stage company, but we had mm. traction enough for me to be like, I can prove this works and mm-hmm. we have great clients and great feedback and I know what's next. And, and you had up until this point had invested all of your own money into this. Yes, correct. Yeah. I actually, I took a loan from a family member mm-hmm. that didn't, did not work out very well. Ended up in a bit of a legal battle yeah. <laughs> on that, <laughs> uh, which was an absolute nightmare um, and ended up costing me tens of thousands of dollars to yeah. get out of. Yeah. Um, so how much was your initial loan? Uh, I don't think I can say actually okay. because of the legal of, thing, but legal it was it was like under a hundred thousand. Okay, um, and paid it back with interest and everything like yep. that, plus all the legal things. Yes, so that's where you started. So you yes. started with that family yes. investment, and you were like, right, mm-hmm. gotta get this off the ground. And it was all spent on tech development because yep. tech costs. When you're building something like an e-commerce platform. Mm-hmm. Yay, you have Spotify, uh, not Spotify, Shopify. Yeah. So it's like you don't even need to build custom tech, whereas something like Collabosaurus is fully custom, doesn't yeah. exist, the yeah. model doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. I had to build an algorithm from scratch. I had to build the framework from scratch, yeah. everything. So yeah, wow. that costs a lot of money. Um, yeah. So really I think once I had built the um, tech platform and done like $5,000 worth of Facebook ads, mm. that's all the money gone. Yeah. Wow. So then, so then you obviously got to about two and a half years and you're like, right, in order to 
take it up a notch. Yeah. We need somewhere between. I wanted to launch in the States. Yeah. And so I wanted to raise anywhere between 500,000 and 2 million. Yeah. And, you know, everyone said to me, look, you know, if you go to the States, you can raise triple because mm. there's so much more money around and all this kind of stuff. Sorry, we're just knocking we'll the mic around. We'll pause by the here. microphone. Um. Go for it. Oh. We're sitting in a hotel ah. in Melbourne. Ah. <laughs> okay. Okay, yep. So yeah. if you go to – so everyone was saying if you go to the States, then you can triple it. Yes, because there's so much more money around and, you know, it's just a tech. They understand tech more. It's less conservative. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, I kind of, you know, wanted to start in Australia and to see what I could do. I did program after program. I met uh, everyone really in VC and angel investment that Mm. I could possibly get an introduction Mm. to or a meeting with. Mm. And that was probably about 60 or so people. And then the opportunity came up to go to. um, And nothing. You got nothing from Sissi? I mean, there were a lot of um, tie kickers, to be honest, mm. a lot of people who wanted a lot of information with mm. no actual real interest in investing, mm. I think. And this, if I talk to other founders, they all say the same thing. So there's many investors who request all these, you know, complicated data sets of things mm. that really when you're a seed stage company shouldn't mm. matter because that kind mm. of data doesn't really speak when it's at such a small volume. Yeah. But they'll ask for it anyway and it takes you five, ten hours to pull that together with your developer and you're paying for your developer's time mm. and you supply that information. There's a million follow-ups. You have a second meeting. It kind of just fizzled. Like there were so many meetings that like I'd go, I'd have second, third, fourth mm. meetings. They'd want to be on the email list update every month with how we're going. And you How know, long did this go on for? This went on for about eight months, wow. I would say. And how did you cope with all those? Oh man. I mean, it was so hard because it was like, if it's not, if, if it's not a hell yes, it's kind of just like, you know, it's a no. And I I take that in the collaboration world and marketing all the time Mm. when it's an investment, you have to keep pushing. If you Mm. think that there's like a hint of Mm. potential in them investing and if they're the right fit and all this kind of stuff. But I mean, in hindsight, I've learned a lot of things about raising capital that mm. I am really glad I didn't raise in the end. Mm. And that's like, spoiler alert, the end of the story. Mm. But um, yeah, so I met with a whole lot of people in Australia, then got the opportunity to go to San Francisco mm. with Trade for three months, which um, is the Landing Pads program. They basically have office spaces set up in Beijing, mm. um, in Tel Aviv, in San Francisco, a few other places, and you do a three-month kind of program, which is kind of loose, loosely structured workshops and a couple of networking connections and free office space and a mm. cohort of like nine other companies that you're bunking in with essentially. Mm. But they don't, you know, take equity or um, provide an investment. You are totally self-funding mm. three months in San Francisco, which costs an absolute fortune mm. and especially with our dollar being so weak mm. everything was double and if anyone just living there is expensive. living there like my rent I think I was in a share house with five other people and my room was I think five thousand Australian mm. a month. A month. yeah yeah plus food plus travel yeah plus all of that as mm. well so it was incredibly hardcore and it was you know I went over there to raise investment 
and then very quickly realized that the US works differently to Australia in that in Australia, you can get a cold meeting. You can mm. get a meeting from a cold reach out if the reach out's good enough. Mm. Whereas in America, you can't. You mm. have to have a very warm introduction and to have a warm introduction, you've got to have a strong network. Yeah. And I think that's a good um, point is like sometimes we do look to the bigger pool, but the reality, like Australia is a small pool, but you can normally get to someone within a few phone calls. You can, you know. Yeah. So there is that we do really have that mates. So I'll give you a crack, you know. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm and I think that. I underestimated it as well in the states. It's like you know, while we have traction, we have traction in Australia. Mm. So for them to go, they'll be like, "Cool, like we're interested, but we want to see you." work mm. with American companies like prove yeah. that you can do it in the US and also they all want you to live there yeah um so they can contact you and all this kind of stuff so um very quickly probably like three four weeks into this three month thing in San Francisco I was like okay I have to shift up my strategy because mm. I'm getting nowhere with investment I'm going to start talking because everyone I spoke to was like oh, that is such a cool idea. Like mm. everyone was just so hyped on Collabosaurus, mm. like it's the coolest thing ever. And so ended up switching my attention to customer acquisition, mm. um, which went quite well, to be honest, for the just me on the ground hustling, trying to meet as many people as possible. Mm. Um, and then at a networking event in San Francisco, which I lied my way into <laughs> at The Wing, which is, I'm now a member of and it's so <laughs> stunning. And do you follow The Wing on Instagram? Yeah, I do. Oh, I remember so. actually following your Instagram that when uh, you were there. And you I was like, obsessed. <laughs> but before I became a member, because it's not cheap, yeah. um, they'd open their San Francisco branch. And they had this Halloween theme mm. networking night. And I was like, oh, this looks cool, but like only members could go. Mm. And I stuck my way in with a friend of mine <laughs> and we didn't have costumes everyone yeah. else and you forget in america oh yeah they do next level they go next level yeah. like i was sitting next to like a marie antoinette yeah. which was insane and this marie antoinette was the head of marketing for gap mm. and so we ended up in a conversation the company. yes yeah. the clothing company gap and um we ended up in a conversation about collaborations and she was like oh my gosh we love collaborations we get like 150 email pictures every mm. single month a whole person manages this and figuring out which one's valuable and stuff. And I just straight up lied and mm. was like, bluffed my way through this and was like, well, Collabosaurus can help you with that. Mm. And to give everyone context, at the time, Collabosaurus worked as a matchmaker for brands. So it really gave you access to thousands of opportunities you otherwise wouldn't know existed, mm. which obviously Gap were not looking for because mm. they get so many coming to them. Mm. But I was like, well, we have an algorithm framework already. Surely it's not going to be that hard to build this into the platform. <laughs> and so I sort of told her that we could do it as the idea was forming in my head and kind of, kind of gauged her reaction and she was so stoked on that idea. And so I went back convinced that this pitch portal idea was the thing that was going to turn Collabosaurus around. Meanwhile, in San Francisco, I'm working, I'm sleeping like three hours a night. Like mm. I'm working two time zones, um, spending like it, it broke down to being like hundreds of dollars a day really I was mm. spending just to survive and then and be over there um and we were losing customers because it was over Christmas which was always a really hard time for Collabosaurus we lost subscriptions and we had a huge tech issue at one point where the site went down or something we lost a whole lot of customers essentially so in a nutshell came home basically at Christmas time, 2018, so burnt out, completely out of money, mm. but holding on to this idea of the pitch portal being mm. the thing, not having any money to build mm. it. 
all these Australian investors all of a sudden went, oh, my gosh, she's back from San Francisco. How fantastic. Mm. Everyone wanted to meet up. And all of the meetings went exactly the same as every other meeting has always gone, which was like, oh, this is cool and let's change the goalpost Mm. and now we want to see you do this when Mm. I've already achieved like six of those things that they have said (laughs) for me to achieve already. And every time I've come back, it's something different. So I was so deflated and Mm. I spent probably two months barely able to get out of bed. I was fully Mm. just depressed. I was just like, I'm going to have to shut Calabasaurus because it's not making money. Yeah. I've got to pay staff. I've got to pay myself like mm. and like nothing, just enough to pay rent and it's just not working. But mm. I really want to build this pitch bottle. And I remember having like a full breakdown with my partner, Maddie, and just being like, I don't know what I want, like what I'm going to do here because it's not working. But like mm. so, so badly do I want this to work and mm. I think it is going to work. Mm. But there's only so long you can hold on and keep spending money for, and it was like really at that point where I was going to give up. And he was like, look, I'll give you a like two, $3,000. I'll loan it to you and build the pitch portal and let's see how it goes. It's a last ditch effort. Mm. And so we built it and then ASOS signed up organically mm. and we used ASOS, their name, to be able to get a few other big brands to pilot our mm. pitch portal feature to launch it with them. Yeah. And essentially, you know, they're not paying us at the, at the time they weren't paying us. And it was really just like, I need to prove that this mm. pitch pool is going to work for big brands. And then ASOS got 400 and something pitches in the space of a few weeks. And it was just one of those moments where I was like, wow, I mm. almost gave it up. Yeah. And 2019 was the best year I have ever had in business because I didn't focus on capital raising. Mm. I focused on building a profitable business so that we could survive and we had the strongest growth year ever and opportunities came our way. You know when it's just like the universe keeps telling you something and you just don't listen? The universe was like stop raising capital, stop trying to raise capital. Like I got so many signs like that and I was like, no, (laughs) as a tech company, this is what you're supposed to do and this is the only way we're going to grow and that's bullshit you if you can grow by self-funding and slowly and steadily winning that race oh my gosh that is amazing I think there's so many amazing lessons in that that people can take and it's like absolutely like I'm a really big believer and I think a lot of our followers are on board with this because I talk about all the time but like following the signs in your own body too of like does this work you know Mm -hmm. is this is this working am I enjoying it am I doing what I love you know and and if if you're getting those signs, like even I've had that physical depressive exhaustion yeah. and I, the advice that's been given to me when I've been feeling like rock bottom, that people have been like, what do you love to do? And like, let's get rid of the stuff, like focus on what you're good at. Yes. Um, and I think, you know, it's almost that the other lesson I would pull out of that is like the, you know, um, the ego of wanting to, to prove yourself in this space and you've been going at it and I'm the same. It's like, no, I'm going to fucking make this work. <laughs> um, Got too many people to prove wrong. And then there's this beautiful <laughs> quote that I just thought of that I was, th- as you were chatting and it was like, right beyond the the moment beyond total and utter exhaustion and feel like giving up that is when the wind comes yeah and I've like that is every time I've been in really dark places I'm like one more step you know Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I think that's a you're a beautiful example of that 
<laughs> well, I mean, I wouldn't say like that, oh, we've achieved success. Like this is where we are right now. I would never have thought that we would mm. be in this position, you know, three, four years ago. It's like things change. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually really so proud that I've been able to survive mm. because honestly, as a sole non-technical female founder of a tech mm. company, mm. surviving is like, a that's win. a win. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, but it reminds me of the, um, Nike book when, have you I read still that? need to read that. Oh my God, read You've it. been telling me to read this. <laughs> fucking read the book. <laughs> it's, um, called Shoe Dog for those at home who are actually going to take my advice. Um, is that he, they were on month to month, million dollars in, million dollars out, million dollars, and they were so close to being taken under. Yeah. And then they got, they went, um, public with the company and overnight all became multi-billionaires, you know? Wow. But it was that day in, day out, I've got the vision. I can't like, and I think that's what I wrote down as you were chatting around really getting clear. Like when you're in that super broken space of yeah. feeling like, Holy shit. Like, do I need, you know, you start weighing up your options. Yeah. And you're still able to go, you know what? I do have other options, but I want this. Yeah. Like that <laughs> energy and that drive and that focus do not underestimate yeah. where that will take you yeah. and what, what, what that will bring in. But oh man, it takes time though. Mm. Like it's one of those things where it's like, it takes so much more work and time yeah. than I think you realize when you start out. I think yeah. I started really naively thinking I was going to be a millionaire, like yeah. after like a year or two. Yeah. And I probably wouldn't have kept at it. I wouldn't have started it at the time if I'd known that, you know, I wouldn't take any kind of payment until two yeah. years into the business. I think or, you would have. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> You're one of the most passionate founders. I know. <laughs> You're <laughs> always hustling. But I mean, I look back and I'm like, how did I make rent? Like, yeah. I just don't. Yeah. And at one point I was working five jobs to yeah. get Clavosaurus off the ground. And it's just like... I'm so glad I did that then and I'm not yeah. doing – I actually don't think I had the energy to yeah. – I don't think I could work five jobs like I did. I think that's a beautiful lesson for people listening and going, you know, maybe you are doing that or you, you're trying to figure out how to make this thing work. I think there's a lot to be said for – remembering there is no overnight success no. any business that I've ever interviewed or met or admired their backstory is we got up every single day and put one foot in front of the other and pivoted along yeah. the way like yeah. you you did move your goalposts from investment to you know um client acquisition mm -hmm. or um, yeah. So being okay to move and move and flow, mm -hmm. like that is very good for mm -hmm. <laughs> your mental health. I and think. I mean, basically what I did, um, to fund that, cause it's like client acquisition now is funding us mm. because we've got fabulous <laughs> growth in, in our customer base. But at the time when I was like, I launched the pitch ball and I saw that validation, mm. I was, but you know, we didn't see the money straight away. We saw signups, mm. you know, free signups. And I was like, okay, this is, this is good. Love a free trial. Love a free <laughs> trial. But it was validation <laughs> that it was a good idea. Yeah. And then we were attracting bigger, bigger companies inquiring. And I was mm. like, okay, how am I going to fund mm. six months, surviving another six months, you know? And I took on some consulting work, mm. which I love doing. Mm. I did, I took on two consulting clients, which basically funded, um, my ability to pay rent and mm. eat <laughs> <laughs> and pay a like part time admin. Yeah. And, 
and some development. And Mm -hmm. then um, that, in addition to our like growing customer base, was able to kind of tie us over a six month period where we saw the sales cycle really kick in. So Mm. I don't know, like it's, um, you can, there are so many other options than raising capital. And we were talking about before, like, no money is free. There's no Mm. such thing as free money. Yeah. You know, I think let's definitely dive into what it means to raise equity. Cause I know I get that question a lot with coaching clients of like, I want to raise funding or, um, everybody wants to raise. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, it's important. I think just to wrap up your last story, it's, I think what I like about that whole thing is like you're, and you've consistently done this since I've known you around, putting yourself in the game and even if it's not perfect and even if it's not, you know, polished and, you know, well, in your case, it didn't even exist. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But being able to sit across from someone, see an opportunity and be ready to pitch yourself. Yes. Yeah. And have the guts to pitch yourself, Mm -hmm. even if it's not real. I mean, (laughs) I'm so big on there's reactive and there's proactive Mm. opportunity stuff. Stuff will come your way, but more stuff will come your way if you proactively put yourself mm. out there as well. Yeah. Um, and then you can be in that wonderful position where you can pick and choose yeah. which opportunities you go with, yeah. which, you know, I'm so privileged to, like I had this experience this week where I turned down an opportunity because mm. I was like, you know what, like I just, I don't think that's right. You know, it's not just not going to work. And I was like, wow, like I'm in a position now where I can say no, yeah. you know, like I remember back in the day I said yes to everything. Mm. But you know what? I'm glad I did because I wouldn't be where I am yeah. today if I hadn't, you know, sought out a ton of new opportunities and yeah. also said yes to a bunch of different things. So yeah. I think it's really important to do that. I think that's great advice because often people sit back and say, um, oh, you know, that Jess is so lucky. Look at all the great things she's doing. Oh my God. I hustle but, for so much, yeah. so many things. People are just like, oh, the Vogue, like, cause I spoke yeah. at Vogue codes yeah. at the beginning of 2019. I hustled that opportunity <laughs> at 11 PM at night yeah. after a cocktail on LinkedIn <laughs> and happened to get it right. Mm. And she came back to me and was like, actually, there's a speaking spot available, but you have to get back to me by 9 AM tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> it was just like right place, right time. And I'm so glad I put myself out there. Absolutely. You know? I think it's, it's a really good piece of advice around if you want something, sit down and go, what's it going to take and get really clear on that. And then strategically make your moves mm-hmm. because pe- things don't land in your lap. No. You have to go and get it. And I think that's the other thing that we, I guess, let's jump into that is like there's no such thing as free money and no one's coming in to just hand you, um, <laughs> you know, a nice big lump of cash. Wouldn't that be nice? Here's <laughs> five, no times, strings attached. Uh, here's $5 million. I mean, I've, <laughs> I remember like really early on getting quite angry and being like, don't you know what lives I could change? Like, <laughs> you know, why is no one throwing money at me? And I've never taken The only like way that happens, I suppose, is like winning the lottery. Legit. Yeah. Possible, yes. Um, but so tell us a little bit, just let's give everyone at home a really quick brief overview if of the reality of mm-hmm. raising investment. So mm-hmm. most of the time, let's say, and people are gonna say, you're gonna ask for a number for a dollar figure, and then they're gonna ask for equity, which is what if you don't know, is um percentage shareholding in your company. Yes, correct. What's the pros and cons? 
Oh, there are so <laughs> many. And you know what? It depends what industry you're in. It depends what stage you're at. It depends on the investor that you're speaking to. Mm-hmm. Well, let's of- give advice maybe. Let's mm-hmm. just get – if you – just like, hey, in case no one told you this is what I've learned and this is what really goes on. Well, the first thing I would say is don't just give away equity lightly. Yeah. I think, you know, I remember hearing so many people saying to me, oh, you have to like – find the right investor and be really picky with your investor. And I remember thinking, oh, don't be silly. It's so hard to get investment. I'll take money yeah. from whoever what is get. seriously going to yeah. say yes. Yeah. But now taking a step back from it and knowing so many friends of mine who have raised capital yeah. and have gotten into bed with people they probably shouldn't have, oh. it's coming back to bite them. And yeah. it's kind of like, you know, there is no such thing as free money and you need to be very careful as to who you allow into your life like that. Mm. You know, it's very much like dating and you're giving away a percentage of your baby, mm. you know, like are you actually happy to do that? So when if once they have equity or mm-hmm. whatever you're offering, then that means they have a um, say on everything you do in your company. So some investors take more of an active role than others. So some investors will really want to come in and get their hands dirty and kind of steer the ship a bit, which can be confronting (laughs) for some companies, whereas others are really happy to go, you know what, I trust you and your vision and Mm -hmm. what you're building and here's the money and go make me a return on Mm -hmm. on my money. So it depends on the investor totally. Yeah, and then that's another good point that you were sharing with me earlier around um making the return because mm-hmm. just because they've given you this money and you know the the difference between you and I and how we work together and work for ourselves and an investor or someone with a lot of money yeah they're not just you a nice um person in your life who mm-hmm. is going to say oh look I really trust you go for it and yeah, yeah. if you want to pay me back pay me back mm-hmm. they're they're treating you like they would a shares portfolio or totally. a, a bank if you put yourself in the shoes of okay let's say you've yeah. got a bit of money that you can put in an investment property right mm-hmm. same kind of thing why would you choose an investment property mm-hmm. because it can make you money back mm-hmm. basically and you can yeah. earn money off that investment property that's why it's called an investment yeah. of course there's a bit of a risk to it just like yeah. there are with any investment but you're you know making a calculated decision as to look the location the type of apartment or whatever it yeah. may be so that you can make a return on that investment and an investor is looking for the exact same thing you think they're going to come in and give you money and walk yeah. away and go have fun mm-hmm. that is not they are waiting for a return on that just like they would because otherwise why wouldn't they just put it into property or why wouldn't they just put it into a, you know, stock portfolio? It's the same kind of thing. And I I remember getting offered an investment deal um, for sweat equity, which basically just means instead of investing cash, you invest your time Mm. and your skill set, which was like, oh, you know, we'll give you, I think it was like 5 10% in exchange for, X amount of hours work and introduction to your network and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, what's your exit strategy? Not that they have to have an exit strategy planned out for the so next So an exit four, five strategy years. is selling the company? Um, you've got a few options. You can be acquired. So yeah, mm-hmm. selling the, comp- the company. You can um, end up in like a joint venture. You can end up on, like on the ASX, for mm-hmm. example, is another opportunity for basically an exit is just when the investor has an opportunity to make their money back because there's like that, that exactly there's a payout, that percentage that they own in your company Mm -hmm. is worth something way more than what they invested in with. So, um, 
Yeah, I can't remember. I've completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> uh, you were offered sweat equity, but they didn't oh, have yes. an exit strategy. And I asked them about the exit strategy and they didn't have one. And I was like, okay, so like at what point is this 5% actually going to be worth more than, mm. you know, the investment that I put in from a yeah. time perspective? And it, the answer is never because they yeah. want to basically build a lifestyle business, which mm. there's nothing wrong with that at all. But a lifestyle business is not the type of business you can go raise mm. capital from. Yeah. It's almost better for that situation to do a collaboration and be like, look, while you're building our bus- your business and we're building ours, let's exchange this. Totally. You know? It's like there's joint ventures. There's other ways yeah. you can tap into. Growth. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So I think um, it's a good topic that I should put on a podcast of getting speaking to an investor and prepping people. You should actually interview an investor on yeah, that would and be a founder. Good. That would be yeah. really interesting because everyone has very different yeah. perspectives. That's a great idea. I should do that. Um, okay. So then I guess like because you've then said, all right, I'm not doing this um, and I'm going to keep doing what I know and what I'm good at, which is hustling. And, you know, also I think the piece of advice that you gave um, before this podcast is the reason why the pitch portal happened because you as a founder are connected to your target market still to this day five days, five years on. So you're listening to people's needs and you're growing with that and you're filling that need. Um, So, yeah, tell us a little bit about like uh, what it's like being a sole founder, maybe like what's been the biggest challenge and the biggest win in that space. Like I see see your connection to the fucking Instagram and the groundwork and the meetings (laughs) and putting yourself in the room with people who you can have a conversation with that are going to elevate you. Um, that's definitely a perk of yours and being that sole founder and staying connected. Yeah. I was talking to you. I mean, I've got um, a few masterminds that I'm part of now, Mm. which is just so fantastic. And this conversation came up the other day um, and one of the other women in this mastermind was like, how lonely it can be like and Mm. it can be can Mm. be so lonely Mm. when you don't when and if you're having for example staff issues you can't be talking to your right hand Mm. staff you know what I mean like it's just it's really hard to um you know vent and connect with people on that and I'm really lucky in that my boyfriend has been such a rock (laughs) of mine and he you know he's a landscaper he's in a completely different um (laughs) industry ironic he barely barely knows what I do but gosh he's smart with people management and also he's got my best interests Mm. at heart as well so um like having a support network has been so vital I don't Mm. think I could have made it without a support network and um yeah sometimes it's just someone to get a wine with too like I um Jai who I had on the podcast a few weeks back after the podcast he was like do you want to come for drinks with my my, like (laughs) he has six employees and I was like actually I do I haven't been to Friday (laughs) drinks in years like that was one of my favorite things like lol Christmas parties like when you're starting out it's like me and myself (laughs) yeah we really should put on an entrepreneur's Christmas party Yeah, I mean, it, it being being a self founder is really hard, and I think particularly I felt it the most in the investment meetings because it's mm. rejection after rejection, and mm. you're putting yourself out there into a world of rejection mm. and opinions that I mean, because I didn't have anyone else pulling me back down to earth, I probably took really to heart and stuff like that. Like I remember one of these investors 
said to me um, before knowing anything about really Calabasaurus, like asking me how my day mm. was, literally, I'd asked him how his day was. He's like, oh, yeah, good or whatever. Um, my son's playing soccer. And then he's just like, so when are you expecting on having children? Because with female entrepreneurs, you never know how much time you've got, <sighs> is what he said. And it was an investment meeting about like investing in Calabasaurus. And I was just like, Wow. wow. Like, so I'm literally just a ticking time bomb. And this is just so and like. And we're useless after we have kids. Yeah. I was just like, excuse me. And I like, oh my gosh. And there was a podcast I was interviewed on with a very prominent guy in the business world. And when the mics were switched off, he said to me, he's like, if you want to raise capital, you just need to sell the fact that you're female and under 30 because that's your only selling point. Oh, I know. Can you believe it? So stuff like that, like at the time hurts, yeah. like at the time and when you're by yourself. Oh, that's savage. No, like no one should be exposed to that. Oh, shit. it's just kind of like, but I I didn't have like a business partner. Mm. I could call and go, this just happened. And for them to go, or to well, back that's you in that situation. Like if there's two totally. of you there, you could actually, you'd feel more empowered to be like, actually, that's inappropriate. Absolutely. But it's like now I can look back and be like, yeah. I cannot wait to uh, prove those guys wrong. But yeah, being like a, a solo founder is hardcore. But, and I'm constantly in investor meetings as well, pulled up on the fact that I don't have a technical co-founder because that was the perfect Facebook formula. And I'm kind of just like, you know, there are so many soul founders now that kill it. And mm. it's kind of just like that shouldn't matter if you build an amazing team yeah. around you. But, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I guess too it's I think it reminds me of what's been really helped me through it has been like that mastering your inner mind and mm-hmm. like because at the end of the Easier day. Easier said than done. Oh, it's, def- <laughs> it's definitely hard. But I think it's something where you have to walk out of that meeting and it, if your mind goes out of control and with the story of what that person said, then you will end up in a ditch. Like, oh my gosh, totally. Yeah, it's and I mean, I'm quite one. a positive, strong person, I would say. To, but when you've got meeting after meeting after meeting after oh, meeting, you had seventy plus pitches where yeah, you got knocked back. Totally. Yeah, and then you had to walk away. Mm-hmm. And and like, I know I'm not very good at saying taking no for an answer. My my partner will definitely pull up. <laughs> Well, <laughs> support you on that one. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's like get having those other people around yeah. you and then also being like, what is the strong inner voice? And, yep. you know, you've obviously got that. That's like, I'm on, you know, I'm, I can't get out of bed, but I, there's still a light at the end mm-hmm. of the tunnel. And, and you know, mentors and partners and business coaches yeah. and masterminds and all of those really are yeah. so important, yeah. especially when you're on your own, like I, especially. Yeah. I had a pretty rough year. Like my year was horrible last year. It was pretty like all over the place. And towards the end of the year I started feeling on top of it again. And then and that was when I really consciously started saying, like people were always offering to help, but mm-hmm. I just didn't even have the clarity to say how you could help. You yes, know? right. And then it started to clear and all of a sudden I saw these opportunities to lean on people who had skill sets that I didn't have and that as soon as I sat down with them for an hour, they would say, well, what about this? Or they would be like, you know, this is what you do really well. And I was like, oh, I'm actually doing something good. Like, mm-hmm. So they give you that feedback you can't give yourself. And sense check yeah. your self-doubt bullshit that yeah. you tell yourself, I think, as well. Yeah. I remember saying to um, Claire, who now does our social media stuff, she's fantastic, 
we were on Instagram DMs and we were talking about, you know, like how Instagram is just such a highlight reel. And I was like, oh my God, you know, this happened today and this happened today and this happened today. And yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just doubting if I should even bother, like even bother. Yeah. And I've realized that, have you ever done love languages? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. The so I'm such a words of affirmation person, <laughs> clearly, because I don't shut up. <laughs> but like I need, that's all I need to keep yeah. me going. Someone mm. to say, like to basically be a cheerleader yeah. and go, no, this is awesome. You and then that. I'm like, sweet for a week. Yeah. I just need someone to tell me that. Yeah. So, and like, I think that's the, that's the other thing that I think I pulled from that story is like, just because ASOS signed on, it didn't solve all of your problems. Of course not. But it gave you enough feedback loop to keep going, to get mm-hmm. your next rain of energy. And yeah. I think it's good for people to remember at home is like celebrate those little wins. It doesn't mean everything's going to get easy. Like, you know, the number of times where I've heard stories of startups and founders and successful businesses who, you know, even if they have little breakthroughs, it's like little breakthrough after little breakthrough after little breakthrough equals it's a, huge a big win. breakthrough. Yeah. It's like no, if people often think, you know, this person's going to post your photo or sign up or whatever, and then everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, it doesn't work like that. It's you a little breakthrough forward. and yeah. then leverage that opportunity. And then the next mm-hmm. opportunity, and then eventually you, you get to a point where you look back and go, Oh, I have more than three dollars in my bank account. Yeah, this amazing. Is I paid my my rent a month in advance. <laughs> like I'm queuing it. Yeah, you know, you buy like the expensive lamb at, yeah. at Coles. You're like, oh my gosh, mm, like, I'm playing Qantas. I get, these I'm days. roasty. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I flew Virgin here, and I was like, oh my god, I feel like such a baller. No longer on Target. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. Um, so yeah, good point of like finding those the little lights at the end of the tunnel and using that as energy and and so. Celebrate it, you know, call someone and say, hey, this just happened. And realize that exactly what you said before, there's no overnight success. If you look at any successful company, Canva took four and a bit years to even raise a dime. No one would touch them and they had a lot more meetings than me. And I'm kind of like, wow, if they had trouble raising capital, how on earth are any of us going to Well, I remember with our magazine, Issue 5, Tess from Suckering and I were like, it's going to be fabulous. And we did a bunch of sales projections and, you know, I was like, I'm manifesting this. <laughs> and it was really hard work to yeah. move magazines. And it really shook me because I was like, holy shit, like this isn't what I thought it would be. And, mm-hmm. you know, we had 40, 50, 60,000 followers on Instagram and a database and leverage and we've yeah. been in the game for five years and we had Tessa's following and, you know, so – that was my big lesson. And I remember Tess saying to me, you know, any good business that we admire, Kay, gets up and keeps going and it's going to totally. be the consistency of yep. showing up. Yeah, so. absolutely. Awesome. Well, I think we've covered a lot. I think it might be good to um, to talk a little bit about what would you say your top three tips are for startups and entrepreneurs out there? I know you're a marketing guru. <laughs> so what would your number three? Top three tips be for startups and entrepreneurs right now, 2020, getting in the game or up-leveling. Up-leveling. Okay, so, and this is totally on the fly. I haven't prepared a single <laughs> thing ahead of this, so this is just what I'm is coming to mind right now. But the first one is absolutely you should use collaborations as part of your strategy. I have to mention it. Yeah, you guys, if you wanted to give it a try, it's free to start anyway. And collaborations just as a strategy, they're 25 times cheaper than digital advertising. Mm. So it's like 
It has to be part of your marketing. And the perks of using Calabasaurus for this? The perks? Yeah. Opened opportunities you otherwise wouldn't even know existed. So how it works is you get a membership, you get a free month trial, you go in and you post what? So it's free to sign up and preview matches. Yeah. But if you want to make connections, and it's very much like a dating site. So it's like if you want to make connections and go on dates, you need to be on a page. So do you make your own profile? I haven't used it in years. Yes. I'm gonna you make research. you like list your brand, yeah. Basically, so you just need to know things like your so target make your market. Tinder profile. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like as if your brand had a Tinder profile, <laughs> okay, essentially. So what your target market is, what your biggest marketing goals are, what you could bring to the table in a collaboration, yeah. which could be anything from like your skill set, your products, your time, content creation, through to you know the value of your social media channels and mm-hmm. stuff like that as well. And then it'll immediately generate matches from about six and a half thousand other brands that are on the platform. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to make connections with any of them or collaborate, (laughs) um, you need to be on a paid subscription. So it'll match if if I say this is what I'm looking for? Yes. You can be broad or specific. So if you have a particular idea in mind, you're like, let's say you run a shoe company and you're like, Mm -hmm. I really want to do a limited edition shoe with a beauty brand. You can be that specific Mm -hmm. or you could say, look, I'm a freelance copywriter mm-hmm. and I want to collaborate with other B2B businesses. Yep. Don't know what on yet, but <laughs> let's yeah. see. Yep. Either way, you can generate Hosting an event. That. Yep, yep, absolutely. So we do products, social media and events. Amazing. Yeah. Cool. So that's tip number collaboration. one. Collaboration. And I will second that just because I do want to validate this is not just a promo for people. <laughs> I know, it turned into a promo yeah. very quick. <laughs> no, I think it's good for people to understand and I think it's, I just wanted to also because I haven't used it in a while, but I was on it recently and it's looking very current. Thanks. It's changed a lot. It's changed <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. I remember in the early days and it was clunky. It was so like, bad. I tried a lot. I tried setting up an account and froze. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you now. <laughs> I know. That was probably like the MVP that you were saying yeah. too. Um, um, but I do, yeah, I mean, we've said it throughout this whole thing. There is nothing like getting an authentic alignment yes. with a like-minded brand that genuinely has a, a similar interest similar goal and is just audience to you as well yeah. like and you can tap into a whole community of people you otherwise wouldn't yeah. get in front of and it, when you'll notice that when it works like when it happens and you nail it that way and i guess that it would be a perfect club source is it filters out some of the bullshit that you sometimes like i get pictures all the time i'm like come on guys like liven it up a little <laughs> But, you know, when you have, I've had that moment where you just like, like even now, like do having you on the podcast, it's like, ah, when collaborations work, it's just like, this is like magic. It is. It's so easy and powerful and like it can benefit you in more ways than one yeah. as well. Like, yeah, you can reach new people, but you can also grow your network. You can engage existing mm. customers, like by creating value. You're mm. building buzz because you're doing something different. Mm. You can collaborate to attract media attention. Mm. You know, like Airwick and Gelato Messina did that really well. Mm. Or Airbnb and Barbie collaborating yeah. on like the Malibu dream house that had like such offshooting effects. Yeah. Or did you see the, um, Spotify Shani Nicholas cosmic playlist? Oh, yeah, I love that. Such a great collab. Cause yeah. it's like that was, a personalized experience based yeah. one in an online product that had huge social media mm. ripple effects. And I think that's a good thing for people to consider if you are planning a collaboration is it doesn't have to be making money. It can no. be social reach, brand building, reputation mm-hmm. building, fun. 
<laughs> yeah, totally. It should definitely, though, no matter what you do, have some kind of purpose behind it. Yeah. So make sure you're not just like running a giveaway with a new brand every single month because yeah. that's just boring yeah. and isn't actually helping you achieve a goal. Unless you're going, oh, that giveaway is going to grow my mailing list or something. Yes, but you then know? you wouldn't run a new giveaway every single month. Yeah. You do like a giveaway one month and then you'd look at collaborating on an event the next month yeah, or like okay. a product the month after that and really switching it up so that you're adding value to your audience. And yeah. And it's driving stuff back to an original goal, like growing an email list or like reaching new people or. Yeah. Yeah. Good advice. Okay. So collaboration, tip number two. Definitely collaborate. Second one would be, I think, don't be so hard on yourself. If I could give my younger self a little piece of advice, it would be to chill out and (laughs) and, and don't be so hard on myself. I think self-doubt is a big player when Mm. you're running a company and, um, one of the best things you can do is really surround yourself with positive, awesome people who are in a similar boat to you mm. who can lift you up and validate kind of what you're thinking and also sense check. What yeah, you're and get rid of the ones who don't. Oh, and there are plenty of negative Nancys yeah. that you have full permission to kick yeah. out of your life and you'll be better off for it. And there's a difference between only surrounding yourself with people who are like, you're doing great. It's oh, like, I don't want that. There's a difference between negative Nancys and like, Someone Real honest, authentic. Totally. Feedback. And be careful of who you're asking for what kind of advice from. You know, people, I remember someone giving me some advice on software when they literally had no experience mm. or exposure to software product at all. I remember taking that really to heart. And then I was like, actually, your opinion isn't the opinion I need. Like I need an opinion from someone who totally is going to give it to me straight, but who has actual experience in, mm. in this particular thing. Yeah, you want like an, um, my f- my family do this. My partner does this. Like my partner yesterday, I was furious. She, <laughs> she doesn't even know this yet. <laughs> but you were furious. Yeah, I was furious. No, she she hasn't known that I've like reflected on it and realized that my fury was overrated. Um, but she was like, she follows me on Instagram, doesn't engage with anything. And I gave her a talking to. I was like, the least you could do is like my book. It's good. <laughs> she comes home at the end of the day and she's like, I saw you did that. Or like, yeah, I saw it on Instagram. I'm like, why don't you like it? <laughs> and then the other thing, she was like, oh, um, bit over that filter you're using on your Insta story. I'm like, you bitch. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's good to get that outside perspective and, like, I really do value people who are, are willing and able to say, yes not really landing or yeah. here's how I'm perceiving it yes. um, or have you tried this or, you know, I'd steer away from that. Yeah, so. it's coming from a place of love though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I haven't admitted that I value her opinion <laughs> to see if she listens to my podcast. <laughs> well, if I can add to those, that pool of opinions, I haven't noticed a consistent filter being used and I would say oh, it all looks good for my, <laughs> my I mean, it makes my complexion look good. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm all about at the moment. Every Instagram story has a hectic filter for me. I think that's like, I mean, let's while we're here being real, if anyone's made it this far into our rambles. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I think that that's a thing with founders and maybe that's why I got so triggered with Ellie yesterday was because when I I know that being on Instagram and showing my face and having something to say and or sharing what's coming up like that's vital for my business to get like that's part of what I have to show up to do like you have to go to your office and do what you need to do I have to show up and do here this and I think the thing I don't know whether you feel this but days where I'm like 
I barely slept last night and my face is puffy as fuck. Like, oh, there are so many days. I don't, I don't yeah. want to be seen on video. Yeah. You know, or I'm sick and I don't feel sparkly and that's not going to come across in a podcast. Boy, that's going to be super obvious if I try and record the five podcasts that I need to record. Yeah. So filters yeah necessary (laughs) and I reckon you know give yourself a bit of a break as well Mm. like if the podcast doesn't go out this week yeah it's okay the world isn't gonna end Mm. like yeah it might set you back like a week or something but man like you've earned a couple Mm. days off like if you need to take it thanks babe. yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay tip number three Tip number three, that's an interesting one because I don't have one handy. Let me think. <laughs> so we've got collaboration and surround yourself with people and don't be so hard on yourself. I, I mean, think- there's definitely a lot in there I think that you've given throughout, which I think I would validate you as a sister in the game, is your undying determination to <laughs> not give up. However, I mean, maybe it looks like that. And I mean, I can sit here now and be like, yes, I'm so determined Mm -hmm. and I keep pushing and resilience and blah, blah, blah. But like not forgetting that there were a good few months where I was just like I'd lost that pretty much completely and it was so much doubt everywhere and it was just like, I don't know, like I think it's normal and okay. Where did Yeah, what was your, I mean, you don't have to say how you got out of it, but yeah, maybe it was just validating that it's okay to be here. It's totally okay. And I think one of the things that got me out of it, I mean, it was, it's recognizing that it's a slow process and you Mm. actually have to, again, inch by inch, like get that back. It's not like you just wake up one morning and go, I've got the fire back. Let's go Mm. kind of thing. It's like, okay, let's take small steps. Yeah. And doing things like I did, um, I booked in for Pilates class Mm. three times a week. And it was like, that totally was a game changer for me Mm. because I wasn't doing anything healthy or working on my body at all taking Mm. a break from my brain yeah you know like exercising takes you out of that in like negative self-talk so little things like that and also I'm someone who really needs to like talk stuff out because if I just listen to my little inner voice the whole Mm. time then I don't know which way's up kind of thing and so in the end I remember the big kind of like tipping point of that depression and feeling so down was I remember it started out as a totally normal conversation Mm. with Maddie and I was like okay so you know if I did close Calabasaurus you know I could do this all this Mm. and then it spun into like it started very logical and it spun into this huge emotional wave Mm. and I cried so hard Mm. I reckon I don't think I've ever cried so hard Mm. in my life because it was that realization that it was like my pride is shot mm. if I give this up. Mm. And it was like, you know, everything I thought that this would be, I'm a failure, it's mm. a failure, everything's a failure, mm. you know, that kind of thing, which I look back now and I go, oh, that's ridiculous. Clavosaurus closed tomorrow. I'm not a failure. Yeah, nothing. I've changed. learned so much along mm. this journey and I wouldn't change a thing. But at the time that was the, and I needed to have a full-blown epic sob yeah to get over that hump and realize okay that emotions dealt with like all right I feel that and that's done what are my options I remember Maddie saying to me he's just like well you could make in two days consulting the same as like two days consulting a week 
the same as what you could make on like a salary working for someone else. Cause I remember just dreading having to go into mm. a toxic workplace mm. again and having to work for a boss I didn't like mm. love or a job I didn't love. And that was like the fear. It was like, oh my gosh, I just don't want to do that. Like I want to mm. be working on my own thing. And he's just like, he presented this other option that was like, well, you could just do consulting for a little bit and mm. figure out what you wanted to do. And then if you're not putting your consulting money straight back into Collabasaurus, which is what I've always done, mm. and instead actually paying it to yourself, he's like, you'd be making more money than you've ever made in your yeah. life and working like a couple of days a week. And I was mm. like, oh, and there was that realisation. It was like, oh, it's not just like A or B. Mm. There's so There's many options. options. Yeah. Yeah. And I can chill out and still yeah. give this a go. I think that's really like vital and I've definitely been in that even just in personal situations of being like you know what are my options and the moment you sit down and give yourself the grace to look at your options Mm -hmm. then you instantly are relieved it's because it's when you feel like you're backed into the corner and you only have one option yeah become like there's always another option there is and you just have to have the grace and the discipline to stop and allow it to reveal itself and I think I needed an outside perspective Mm. to see that other option because to me there was the highly charged emotional fear of having to go back to the kind of job I was working before Mm. in like a toxic workplace or having to close Clavisaurus, I could see nothing else. Like it was like it was that or that and it was just couldn't see anything else. I needed someone else to say, hang on a second, you're really smart and you could do this as well. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I am really smart. (laughs) So third tip is just allow yourself to feel the feels. Yes, feel the feels. And and see what options. And inch by inch, it's all a journey. Like enjoy Mm. the journey. There's no Mm. like A to B quick you yeah. know, success. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I look forward to seeing what you do next. Good luck at your Pause Fest um, talk tomorrow Thank here in Melbourne, you. which is one of the best festivals I've ever been to. Ugh, I've never so, been. I'm really oh, excited. It's really great. It's okay. amazing. I'll come down tomorrow and see you. Amazing. Before we finish, do you want to give everyone a quick rundown of where they can find you yes. on platforms? Instagram, you guys. <laughs> I still love Instagram as much as we slagged it off today. I think <laughs> we're highly addicted. Yes, Calabasaurus on Instagram. I'm Jessica Rufus on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, surprisingly, is going really well at the moment in terms of reach and engagement. So I encourage everybody to get on there. And we have a podcast called Stop, Collaborate and Listen and another podcast called This Is How We Do It if you want to hear about marketing and collab stuff. Amazing. Thank you so much for Thank sharing. Thank you. So I'm sorry, everyone. It's so long. It's like such a long episode I couldn't shut up. My um, podcast editor will probably cut it down and be like, you too. <laughs> Thanks so much for being on the show, Jess. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the Startup Creative Podcast. If you get a chance, head to iTunes and leave a rating and review. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified every time there's a new podcast up. See you next week.